0: Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Can I, can I help you? Can I help you with something? The, the, only thing, the only thing that God gets out of the entire worship experience, the, the only thing that, that He gets uh, out of the worship experience is, is this part right here. God don't get nothing out of the Word. He is the Word. <laughs> but you understand? You know he ain't like, God, dog, Bishop Show is teaching. He is the Word. So, so it's so important that in those moments like that, that's so important that you capitalize on those moments, especially when you don't feel like it. Anybody be honest, you didn't really feel like it? Yeah, that's when you do it. Any dog will bark when it's getting fed. Mm-hmm. Anybody will celebrate when great things are happening. The real test of the maturity of your worship is can you do it? You sing in heaven on earth, but it looked like hell on earth. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You, you talking about shifting, but it's... Lift your Bibles high. Let's get into the word tonight. Lift them high. We welcome everybody at every campus, those watching online tonight. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I'm about to receive. Remain Go to Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10. We looked at this a little bit in part one. I'm going to do a part two uh, tonight. Redundancy is the teacher's best friend. And, and so you look at your neighbor and say, you need a repeat. You need a repeat. Uh-huh. You, you need a repeat. You need a repeat. You, you ever had somebody say stuff to you over and over and over again, and finally one day, like 700 times later, you get it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But then, have you ever found how you get mad at yourself because you're like, why didn't I get that the first? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Revelation, Re- Revelation chapter 10. Now, Revelation is, uh, in the Greek, the word apocalypto, where we get our word apocalypse. Which does not mean the end. Say it does not, it does not mean not. the end. It All right. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of misinterpretation, a lot of miscommunication, and a lot of misinformation about what the book of Revelation is talking about. The word apocalypse literally means to uncover or to unveil that which is hidden. So then as we're going through the book of Revelation, every time you read it, what we're really uncovering is is, is not that the end is coming, but we're discovering that what we thought was the end was the beginning. In, In other words, when we look at Revelation, what we're actually discovering is the uncovering or the unveiling of Jesus. So wherever Jesus is, there's always the potential for something new to begin. Uh, wherever Jesus is, there's always the potential for a resurrection to pop off right in the middle of something that looks dead. There, wherever Jesus is, there is something that can be uncovered. So FYI, Revelation chapter 10. And I want you to look there <coughs> at verse. Uh, uh, where did I tell you go 10. No, you all supposed to be in the spirit. Go to Revelation chapter 12. I was testing y'all Revelation chapter 12. I'm so excited. I brought out my old faithful tonight. I've been using all this technology, but I've been away from old faithful for too long. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, you got it? You got it? Uh, Revelation chapter, 10, or ver- <laughs> chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, you know why I had to be loud? Because Christians don't listen to stuff that's not thrown in front of their face. And not just Christians, human beings, period. Yeah. Looks at the neighbor and say, he has to holler at you. Holler. That's the only way you listen. So then a loud voice hollered at the people. For those of you not sure what hollering is, that just means speaking to in a very loud fashion. Saying, now salvation. Say now. now. Salvation, salvation. Strength, strength, and the kingdom. All right, so check this out. There's three things he says. Salvation, which means I can be saved from whatever it is that was taking me out. Uh, uh, And salvation is more than just a get-out-of-hell free card. So you could be saved but still need to be saved. He said, then, and strength and the kingdom of our God. Kingdom is heaven's attributes on earth. Literally heaven on earth, God's MO. And the power of his Christ. Say, that's me. me. So the word Christ uh, is the Greek word Christos, which means the anointed one. His anointing and his anointed. Now, I've thought about all that before, so I won't go into great detail, but that's you. Believe it or not, because Jesus bought you, that means there's some anointing on you and in you. What's anointing? Grace. Synonymous with the word favor. Some of you don't think you're favored because you got a lot of mess going on, but the fact that you're surviving the mess is proof of the favor. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Don't think that mess means you're not favored. Uh, favor is just proven to you that you're just being able to survive the mess. That, how you didn't lose your mind? How come you didn't throw in the towel? Why didn't you quit the... Because you're favored. That's why you didn't do that. Look at this. He says, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been what? Cast down. Now, now look at your neighbor and say, stop. And you gotta holler at them because remember, they don't listen unless you holler at them. Say, stop, stop giving the devil more power, more power than he has. he has. Now, why? What does the book say? He has been cast down. And you sitting up here with the devil doing this, the devil doing No, he's not. He made an objection, and God said, overrule. He said, but Lord, they don't deserve to be blessed. God said, I know that. That's why I died, overrule. But God, they don't deserve to drive a nice car. I know that, but I died for them. I overrule that. But- See, I knew I had to bring her out. This one. was Verse 11, here we were, part one. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what they chose to remember. They did not love their lives to the death. Speak, we listen. Amen. Hug somebody as you take your seats and say, You don't need a new revelation, you need a reminder. You may see that. I, I want us real quickly to walk through this, and, and, and then I want to I do my best to, uh, to get to some of these reminders or some of these testimonies. You understand we talked in part one that a test is, uh, testimony is uh, the story you're able to tell after coming through a test. And not just when you pass that test, but oftentimes when you fail that test, because you can learn quite a deal more from your failures sometimes than you can your successes, because your failures show you what not to do next time are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes success is deceptive because it'll make you think you did everything right. So the reason we can learn more from our failures is because we can clearly see well this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. Sometimes when a person experiences success it can lead them into believing that they didn't do anything wrong or they couldn't do anything better which is a very deceptive thought because then it gives the person the ability to think more of themselves than they ought because they think they did everything right the first time. So that's why when you look back over your life, say, thank God for these great things. But I also thank him for when I knew I shouldn't have did that, and I knew I shouldn't have did that, and I knew I messed up on that. I thank him for that stuff more. I thank him for my valleys more than I thank him for my mountaintops because my valley. But now watch this. So say, I have a testimony. Say it again. Say, I have a testimony. Now now, now, understand this. Understand this. Look back at verse 10. I want to walk you through this. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God, dead and night has been cast down. Now, I've taught this before, but I want to teach it again so that you get a good understanding. Understand this, especially if you grew up in church. If you grew up in church, you were taught stuff like this. The devil is under your feet. And then they tell you, come on, stomp on the devil's head. Come on, if you grew up in a sanctified church, then they say, clap your hands like Satan's head is in between your hands. And you beating up the devil's head. Come on, come on, y'all. Don't. Now I know this is Denver, but some of y'all came from there. And then listen, the the whole church worship, uh, they call them service, we call them experience, but the whole church thing, the whole thing would be about the devil. And then the preacher would get up and preach about the devil. The devil is busy, but God is real. If I took away the body of Christ's ability to talk about Satan, they'd have nothing to say. They have become an expert on the power that their enemy supposedly has and not so knowledgeable about the power that their God does have. See, whatever you focus on, it, see, focus creates blindness. You got it? So, so, so focus can be good, but focus can also be bad depending on the context of the focus. So now if you're focused on your enemy, then you are then blind to the strength of your friends, those that are there for you. Now check this out. Here's what happens, okay? Let me explain this to you, and then I want to move this. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Now, let me just give you some basic things, and I'm not going to give you too much because some of this stuff is too heavy for for y'all. Y'all got to come to Bible college. All right. Now, understand this. The devil is not the devil's name. Satan is not Satan's name. Those are both titles, just like God is not God's name, it's a title. Okay? God comes from the 6th century Germanic term "gudan." It just means deity. You understand? That's why there's the potential for there to be a big G and a little G. But in God's name, there's no potential for a big Y and a little Y. Yet hewafay, Yahweh, in the Hebrew, Jehovah, in the English. There, There is no potential for there to be two of those because when you call him by his name, there is nothing that can compare to that. Now, Uh, When you look at Satan, there is a Hebrew word for Satan, which is the Hebrew word Haseitan, H-A-S-A-T-A-N, Haseitan, which is a title, which literally means the adversary. Now, check this out. We understand from Scripture in the same chapter that we were in, Jesus said, and I saw Satan or Haseitan, the adversary, fall from heaven like lightning. All right. And we understand that God sent him to the earth, which coincident. Well, I won't tell you all that, but uh, the Lord sent him to the earth. Now, check this out. When he comes to the earth, he comes with one third of the angelic host. Now, we can't uh, uh, quantify what that number actually means. We just know that it's a lot. Touch your neighbor, Says it's a lot. Wow. Now, some of y'all say, What does this have to do with uh, my testimony? I'm going to show you in just a minute. The Bible says that the accuser of the brethren, say that's us. The Bible says he has been cast down. But look at what it says he does. Put up verse 10. It says that he accused them before our God day and night. So here's what Satan does. And not just him, but one-third of the angelic hosts. Because there is a whole other world going on behind what you see. Don't think that because you can't see it that it's not real. That's why you can walk into certain places. You can see that there's a change in the atmosphere. Because when you walk into certain places, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that you weren't able to see jesus christ now watch this it says and the power of his christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our god day and night has been what cast down now these are legal terms because these are legal proceedings god is a god of justice you understand that okay that is the reason why it wasn't okay for god just to wipe your sins out he had to sacrifice himself to pay the price for your sins because it would be unjust for nobody to have to pay the price. So him being a God of justice, he then with his own ideology and his own construct then had to ensure that somebody paid the price. Now, now check this out. Now watch this. Are y'all still with me? So here's what he does. You go around in your life day by day and you go around and you're walking and you're talking, got it? And you're thinking stuff and then those thoughts eventually become what? Words, and sometimes those thoughts eventually become what? Deeds. Do you understand? Y- <laughs> Y'all don't think here? <laughs> now follow me, follow me. Now watch this. What happens is, is behind the scenes, okay? And think, of it, think of it like, a, like, a, like a, a, a stage play or something, to where the curtain's down, but behind that curtain, it's all kind of things that's going on. See, you think that friend calling you saying all that negative stuff was on accident. You you didn't understand what was going on behind the curtain because there are stagehands that are pulling stuff and pulling strings and navigating things behind the scenes. You you you're not hearing what what. That's why you got to be careful who you allow to get in your ear because whoever controls your ear controls your future. And some of of the reason you made some of the jacked up decisions you did is because you gave everybody your ear except who should have had your ear. (laughs) Because what comes into your ear then produces your thoughts. Those thoughts then become words and they become deeds. So check this out. Are y'all still with me? For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Accusations, check this out, that's a legal term. In a court of law, there's a judge, there are witnesses who coincidentally give testimony. But there is a defense attorney or an advocate. But then there is also a prosecutor who is the accuser. So then when we examine Has Satan's or Satan's role, his only job is to use what you say against you. God, listen. That's why in America, if you've ever been arrested and some of you that may have, don't be acting like you haven't. One of the things they tell you is anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. So the best thing you can do is shut your mouth Because you're going to open your mouth and write a check that your life can't cash. Oh, God. So then when we examine the text, the text says that he's the accuser of the brethren. So here's what he does all day. You're sitting here stomping on. He ain't down there. Now, there's one particular scripture later on in the New Testament that makes some reference to Satan being placed under us. Where we get this inference disease under our feet. And it's just to provide this imagery to be demonstrative in showing that we have victory over him. But check this out. Where he is... And where they are, the Hasetans, y'all still with me? Is they're listening to you, one your mouth, and they're recording everything you say. Nothing ever works for me. Everybody I ever love leaves me. Everybody I ever trust betrays me. Nothing ever works in my favor. God, I love you, but why are you doing this to me? So they record what you say. <laughs> like any good DA's office would. Now this is so important because, because I, I, I want to show you, because the next verse, remember, it says, and they overcame him. But you can't understand how to overcome until you understand what's going on in the first place. That's like showing up to a basketball game uh, with some cleats on. You don't understand the game that's being played. And since you don't understand the game that's being played, you keep losing, but you're losing because you showed up for a different game. You showed up to wrestle against flesh and blood, but you didn't realize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against rulers of darkness and principalities and high places and mindsets. That's why if you can change a man's mind, you can change a man's life, but you cannot change a man's life until you can change a man's mind. You can hear good stuff all day. It won't change your mind. Excuse me, it won't change your life unless it first changes your mind. That's why Jesus, the first message Jesus preached is he said, repent. Change your mind. Here it is. Put it up. Uh, Go back back to verse 10 real quick. He says, who accused them before our God day and night. So here's what he does every day. He just listens to you. Now, let me just give you some, 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 some spiritual insight. Satan doesn't have the ability to know what you think. That's why, watch this, that's why pressure comes. So that pressure will get you to tell him what you're thinking. So then he knows how to oppose you. You getting this? that's why pressure comes because he says I can't figure them out because why are they shouting when they got this going on and why are they worshiping when they got this going on and why are they still praying when they got this I can't figure them out so I need them to slip up and tell me what's really going on in that head of theirs because if they tell me what's really going on in that head of theirs I will know how to oppose them so what he does, you still with me? He ain't going around with a pitchfork and you know what? He shows up in a blue dress. <laughs> or a blue suit or whatever. <sighs> he says, who accuse them before our God, when? Day and night. So they record what you say. Then take it before God Okay. Bishop, how do you know this? Uh, don't flip there, but in your own time you can go to Job chapter 1 to see how the exchange happens. In Job chapter 1, there's a meeting of the sons of God, which is a Hebrew idiom just meaning the angelic host. T- check this out. Uh, the word angel, see, people think Satan is uh, beca- can, can I give you a little bit more depth? P- people think Satan, oh, that's the devil and the demons. That, that, that's not that's Greek mythology. That's not Bible. That, that's Greek mythology. See, in Greek mythology, there was Zeus, the god of the heavens, and then there was Hades, the god of the underworld. So then when Christianity is then being taught to the Greco-Roman culture, uh, many of the Greco-Roman customs and and, and approaches to theology and approaches to theological construct the way they saw it, uh, all of those things then fit the culture, much like we've made God fit our culture. So now whenever you don't want somebody to be able to correct you, you just say, well, God told me this. Because humans like to make God in their image, not be made in his image. Okay, okay. All right, that's too much. That's too much. Okay. So, so, so now watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this now. now watch this now. Now, we see, words, uh, we see the words demons and devil and that kind of thing come, come to play, but you only see them in the New Testament, which is Greek. Say, Why are you telling us all of this? I'm telling you all this to, to make a point. Satan, to still have access to where God dwells, we know from Job chapter 1, he, he cannot now be this figure that God won't deal with. Because he still has access to the throne room of God. So y'all don't believe me. So just flip that real quick, Job chapter 1. Y'all making me go somewhere I don't need to go, but y'all looking at me funny. <laughs> so now this is your time. Y'all cutting in my teaching time. So this is on your time. This is not in my time. Job chapter 1, you got it? And... Uh, 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 go, go, so go chapter one. Go to um, go to verse number. Where I want you to go. Hold on. Go to verse number. Uh, go to verse number three. Let's start in verse number three. Put it up for me. Job chapter one verse number three. Also his possessions were seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen. Remember a yoke was. Remember I taught you what a yoke was. It connected to. So how many oxen is that then? Come on. Five hundred times. <laughs> thousand. All right. Right after church, we got some math classes that we're going to be offering, and uh, you can sign up for that. Amen. 500 female dockers in a very large household, so this man was the greatest of all the people in East. Next verse. Did you see this? He was the greatest of all the people in East. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and he would send and invite uh, the three sisters to eat and drink with them. Next verse. So it was, when the days of uh, fasting, uh, feasting had run their course, you know, Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to all the number of all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did this regularly. So Job was offering things on behalf on the account of his sons, just in case they had done something. Next verse. Now, so Job's doing all the right stuff, right? You see it? He's doing all the right stuff. Now, there was a day when the sons of God Came to present themselves before, come on Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And Satan, satan, the adversary, also came among them. For him to have access to the staff meeting must mean he's still on staff. Which must mean that God then uses your enemy. <laughs> Test your neighbor say, God, God is using the, using the enemy for your good. For your good. <laughs> Verse 7. And Yerhebav said to Satan, See, no, no, notice it's not calling him God here. It's not using its title, it's using his name. And the name. See, the Hebrews wouldn't, wouldn't utter the name. Because they knew that the name, see, this was the name you didn't take in vain. You didn't just say this to say this. So, 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 so they wouldn't even say the name. So, 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 And the name said to the adversary, where do you come from? So the adversary answered the judge and said, from going to and from the earth. So do you see something right here? Yes, sir. He's not omnipresent. Right, sir. He can't be messing with you and you and you and you and you and you and you, and you at the same time. How do I know that? He just told you, I've been walking on the earth. Do you see this? So, so literally, he has to travel. Oh, listen, you, you look at the neighbor and say, You didn't know how blessed you were. Even if you're catching the bus, you're still getting there faster than him. <laughs> Even if you're driving something that you ain't happy about, you're still getting there faster than he is. Verse 8. Come on, we got to move because this is y'all's time. This is not coming out of my time. Then the name said to the adversary, "Touch this out. Have you considered my servant Joe that there's nobody like him on the earth? God must really trust you to have, 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 have been able to volunteer you. A blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Next verse, real quick. So the adversary answered the name and said, well, does he fear you for nothing? He's a good DA. He's a good prosecutor. The genius in the room is not the one with the answers. It's the one with the best questions. Next verse. Have you not made a hedge around him, his household, and everything that he has on every side? Now, you see what he's doing? See, in, in, in law, uh, if, if you've ever studied law, you understand that the prosecutors, they are able to ask what are called leading questions, leading questions are questions where the answer is implied in the question. So the only response that the witness needs to give is a yes or a no. The defense attorney, on the other hand, only has the ability to answer open-ended questions, so they can't ask a leading question. Let me give you an example. So the, the prosecuting attorney can say, isn't it true that on Thursday night you went to Dairy Queen when you said you was going to Jamba Juice? Yes or no? And then they'll say, isn't it also true that you got the Oreo blood blaster... When you said you were getting the apple and green jamba juice. (laughs) Defense attorney said, the defense attorney has to ask this way. Where did you go Thursday night? See the difference? So look at his question. Have you not made a heads? Leading question. Around him, around his household, and around everything he has on every side. So that, that question only requires what kind of answer, yes or no? Okay. You have blessed the work of his hands and the possessions have increased in the land. Now, this is interesting because Job is implying that the hedge is there just because it's there, not because of all those things we just read that Job was doing. Okay. He's trying to imply you just have given him all of this just because. Verse 11. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. You're missing the verse. He's saying, God, I don't have the power to mess with him. So unless you allow this, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You shouldn't be running from no enemy and running from no problem and running from no situation. That's what so they say. I wasn't created to run from my enemies. No, I was created to stand up to him and look him square in the eyes and say the only reason you came is because he let you. And if he lets you come, that's because he knows there's something in you that's getting ready to be my footstool. And I will make your enemies your. Here it is. Here it is. He said, you got to do this because I ain't got the power to just do this. I need approval. Verse 12. This is still your time. And then look what the Lord does. And the name says to the adversary, tell you what, everything he has is in your power. Notice, for God to have to transfer the power meant that he didn't have it in the first place. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? See, your God is far more powerful. Our God has no enemies. For God to have an enemy, he'd have to have an equal. Behold, all that he has is in your power. You can't kill him. That's the rules of engagement. So the adversary went out from the presence of the name. Okay, Bishop, why are you telling us that? Now let's flip back to Revelation. Okay, now I'm back on my time. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Here we go. Revelation 12, all right? Verse 10. Let's look at the end of it. Revelation 12, 10. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. See, look at God. See, sometimes you just got to keep on speaking to that thing until that thing. Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power of Christ have come. For the adversary, the accuser, who accused him before God day and night, has been what? Cast down. Next verse. And they overcame him. Past tense, past tense, past tense. Now what did I tell you the book of Revelation means? What it means to uncover or unveil. The secret is, you already got the tools to overcome. Okay, I, I see I got to work that a little bit better. And they overcame him. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> uncover. And they overcame him. Tell them how to do it, Bishop. By the blood of the Lamb. You you know what? If you you grew up in church, you maybe were taught stuff like this, like you need to plead the blood of Jesus. Who are you taught stuff like that? Plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children. Plead the blood of Jesus. Here's the problem with that. Show me a verse that directs for it to be done in that particular fashion. When Jesus hung on the cross, the blood was shed. Check it out. And the blood was pled. Bishop, what do you mean the blood was pled? When you say plead the blood, remember we're talking about a legal case now. When we say plead the blood, what we're saying is, what's your plea? The the judge say, how do you plead? I plead. If there's charges brought against you, You got a pass. You did this. You did this. You did this. You did that. Uh, You wasn't faithful to this. You didn't do right by that. Those are charges. Those are accusations. You said you'd never have anything. You said you'd always be sick. Those are charges and accusations. But now the scripture says that that, uh, put it up and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Judge says to you, you've heard the charges laid out against you by the state or depending on the level of your issue by the federal government or the county or whoever how do you plead now if you don't know Jesus you only got two options guilty or not guilty But when I found Jesus, it's a third option. And it's not insanity. It's a third option. I plead the blood. (laughs) Yeah, when he hung on that cross and when he died. Can I go to the Baptist church? Didn't he die? Didn't he die? Didn't he die? When he died and shed that blood, the blood was pledged. Now watch this. When that blood was pled, I don't have to keep pleading it because every time I plead it, I'm putting him back up there. So what I do instead is say, I thank you, Father, that the blood has been pled." When your children are acting crazy, you ain't got to replete it, just say, I thank you that it was planned. When your relationships are going crazy, I ain't got to replete it. I just thank you that it has been yeah. The blood was an answer to your sin. It was an answer to your mistake. It was an answer to our failure. and it's been pled. So what we do is thank him that it's been pled Amen. because when you re-plead it in essence what you're saying is I don't really trust that the first time I pled it, it it worked at time and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb say father, father in, the Jesus, in the name of Jesus I thank you I thank that, the that the blood has been pled, has been pled for me and over me him. and everything that pertains to me. Now, some of y'all are saying, "I just have to do this real quick." Some of y'all are saying, "Some of y'all saying, Bishop, well, what does the blood mean? I mean, what does that mean? Ain't you gonna get dirty? Ain't you gonna get your clothes messed up?' No, no. The the blood of God is the only thing that can start one color. But whatever it touches, it makes it, makes it white as snow. It's the only thing that can be a deep red. But once you put it in the washing machine, it brings all your clothes out a bright white. You're not hearing what I'm saying. The blood is the only thing that can take your messed up past and work up and have you coming out like you. It's the only thing I know that can take a zero and make somebody into a hero. It's the the only thing I know that can take a nobody and make them a somebody. So watch this. Goodness. And they overcame him. Past tense. The revelation is past tense. Because you, 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 you you, if you understood that, these chairs would be thrown out of that glass back there. Here's how we, Here's what we think it says. And they're getting ready to overcome him. And, and soon... After the storm is over, after the tears have been shed, after the blood has been shed, after the war is over, they'll overcome him. That's not the revelation, that's not the apocalypto, that's not the apocalypse, that's not the uncovering. The uncovering is this has already happened. But well, check it out. While it has happened, it is simultaneously happening. On, on, Bishop. On, Bishop, what do you mean simultaneously happening? Put it up. Vets, the blood, he did that. He did that. Boop, done deal. He did that. But check the second part out, though. And, and is mathematical, which means you need both. And, by the word, of his testimony by the word of their mom and them. I forgot Denver mom and them means uh, mother and friends testimony by the word of their father and, and them testimony no by the word of what their testimony the reason that this has happened yet it is simultaneously happening is because you are right now as we speak in the middle of a test. And while the blood has been pled, and while the blood has been shed, you got to choose what you're going to remember while you're in the test. Okay, all right, I can see I'm going to have to work this a little bit better. Stay with me. What's this? That was the ghost. What's this? And he overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now check this out. Say, I, I have, been have been through many tests. Many tests. Say it again, many tests. many tests. Now just get that deep voice on you, test. many <laughs> tests. You've been, come here, Vicki, lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated, even rebuked, which is short for rebuke, <laughs> Scorn. Talked about sure as you're born. You've been up. You've been down. Almost to the ground. But there's one part she should have put in her song. Yes, as long as I got King Jesus, that's good. And and I don't know about that. Don't need nobody else because that creates an isolationist mentality. I don't don't know that we need to focus on that part. But there's one more part that should be in the song. One more part should be in the song. But I'm still here. So then the question is, if you went through all those tests, what is it that you have as a result of those tests? Because some of them we passed, didn't we? And then you get excited when you look back on the test and said, I passed that one. And, and then you get excited when you're able to say to yourself, and I know I'm saved the way I went through that. Anybody ever been there Look, say, I know I'm a Christian. Because <laughs> had that happened to me three years ago... Had that happened to me a few years ago or wouldn't it have been no hallelujah, thank you, Jesus? It would have been some see me. Watch it. But then there were some tests that we failed. Now, check this out. And by the word of their testimony. Testimony is a story you can tell once you have successfully completed a test or once you have failed a test. Now, check this out. And by the word of their testimony. Now I said this to you in part one. Our challenge is that we remember the wrong thing. Our challenge is that our testimony becomes a story about our pain. And not a story about come here come, come here, Gladys, about our game. Because Gladys already told you. No pain. Oh, tell me, y'all, I forgot. Y'all oh, forgive me. Denver Gladys Knight is a soul singer, and uh, she had a song some years ago said, No pain, no gain, no pain, no gain. Yeah, do, 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 do. Won't you help me? Won't y'all see if y'all can find the video so after church we can show them the video. Won't you help me? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You remember the pain well, don't you? Don't we? (laughs) Come on now, if you're saying you don't remember the pain, you need to come get saved because they were a liar. We remember the pain. We, We remember how we cried. We remember... How we, how, we, how we lamented, we remember how we said to ourselves, I'll never put myself in a situation like that to be, I'll never do that again. And, and, and then never came back to teach you never to say never. If there's nothing else you get from tonight's teaching, never ever say what you will never ever do. Never has a way of teaching you like nothing else will. I'll never do that. Two weeks later, Bishop. <laughs> no, no, no. check this out. Check this out. Check this out. We're good at remembering the pain. The issue is, that's not the part of the testimony we're supposed to remember. Because every time you relive the pain, what happened to you is happening all over again. And that's why some of you aren't able to get over it, because it keeps happening to you. Watch this. Because even though it took place 15 years ago, you relived the pain last night. So you can't get over it because it's still fresh to your psyche. Okay. Okay. So, so then when someone says you need to get over that, you'll get an attitude with them. And they're saying, it's been five years, it's been four months, it's been all this time. You need to get over that. But in your psyche, you can't get over it. And you can, psyche is your soul, your mind, Nishama. in the Hebrew. Now check this out. You can't get over it because it's so fresh. It's old, but it's new. You don't want it, but you want it because you know what to expect from it. I'm going to say that again. You, you, you don't want the pain, but you keep going back to the place of the pain, because at least you know what to expect from the pain. I remember telling somebody one time, they said, they said sir, I just keep, I keep, I, I, they said, I keep making mistakes. I keep making mistakes. And I said, well, why do you keep making mistakes? They said, because I just keep thinking about all the mistakes I made. I said, son, listen to me. I said, you're you're torturing yourself. I said, because you keep replaying that stuff over and over again, and you keep repeating it, and you keep perpetuating it, and it keeps happening over and over again. And you're never able to move forward, and you're never able to move forward because you're stuck in a thought. And your mind is like a DVD player that you never hit play on. You know how you put a DVD in, and then that intro keeps repeating? And it keeps repeating for about 15 to 20 minutes because you know you're in the kitchen doing something or you're trying to get the laundry done or whatever. And then all of a sudden you say, if I hear that song, what more? I stop by with an announcement for somebody tonight. One more time has happened. You've heard that same song and that same dance too many times. Enough is enough. So keep reliving the pain. So then you keep, you, 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 become, you become your own prophet. And I said this to you in part one, and you're fulfilling your own prophecies. Because you keep replaying it. So check this out. You know what to expect. So ca- can I connect all the dots for you tonight? Come on, it's going to be good for you. Let's connect all the dots. Come on, let's be a good class. Let's connect all the dots. Like you' do it in King's Kids. Dot one, dot two, dot three. So since you keep replaying the wrong part of the test, Since you keep replaying the wrong part of the test, what ends up happening is that you keep then reliving that test, reliving that pain, reliving that experience. Well, when you relive it, you don't keep it to yourself. You open your mouth and say something about it. Then Hasatan says, gotcha. Keep on running your mouth. Come on, I thought y'all were going to connect the dots. He says, I got you because you keep giving me permission for you to keep going through the same thing over again. And you said this person was like this person, but they weren't. But you turned them into that person because you gave us permission to. And you gave us permission to because you opened your mouth. And whatever you say can and will be. So then he goes in front of God and says, God, the other day, I'm gonna pick a random name, okay? The other day, Sheila. Oh Sheila. Okay, all right, so so <laughs> I know I can't dance. Look, look, y'all still with me? Are you getting it? I, I'm trying, I'm trying I'm trying to make it very palatable for you. So check this out. So then he says, Oh, Father, the name. Sheila, um, she was having a little moment the other day. And in her moment, she started reliving the pain of uh, what happened to her a few years ago. And in that moment, she said this She said, Seems like every person she ever trusts betrays her. And, Father, this person we both know isn't that kind of person however by order of the law and i'm not talking about torah law here i'm talking about principle by order of the principle of the word you said that she could decree a thing and it would be established you said put up proverbs 18:21 you said that death and life are in the power of her tongue. You said that whatever she speaks, put it up, that whatever she speaks, she would have, you see, and those who love it will eat its what? Fruit, the outcome of what they say. So, the name, it is our duty, our distinct privilege, to bring charges against Sheila that this person who really was for her she gave us permission to make this that okay oh God okay I need us all on the big bus come on come on come on come on she gave us permission this was not that. But because she chose to continue to remember the wrong thing. Because she chose to remember the wrong part of the testimony. Amen. By order of the principle. This has to be that. So then you know what happens? Depending on the order of the court. Because, you know, the order is pretty clear. Right. See, the principle is here. You see the principle? 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 Did you see the principle? Then Sheila creates what she said she hates. So now, she now, watch this, perpetuates that experience all over again. And she says... It's the devil. The devil says, you did this. Because I didn't even know you were thinking that. Until you opened your mouth and, God, I wish I had a church that loved the Bible. I wish I had a church that loved finding out how to change stuff. So then this becomes that. Because she forgot the wrong part of the test. Revelation 12:11, here it is, and then we're through. Now, but I'm going to read some of these cuz y'all took some of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation 12:11, here it is. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Say, Lord, Lord help, help, me help me to remember, to remember the, right thing, the right thing and to discard the wrong thing. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Now this is just something that we're doing so that you get a visualization of it because what you can see, then you have a greater propensity to do. Because I just want you to get your hand. Just everybody put your hand up here, okay? All right. Now, now just just catch this. You, you with me? All of the pain of every test you've experienced right now in this moment, it's in your hand. Okay. Close your hand. You're holding on to it, right? You feel it, don't you? Some of y'all, as soon as I said pain, somebody, poof, flashed in front of your face. Some of y'all, like five people flashed in front of your face simultaneously like it was a Skype. <laughs> now check this out. Now here's the two choices you have. You can keep this. But if you keep this, this is all you're ever going to have. Because God can't give you something fresh and new with your hand closed. This is the pain, right? Some of y'all got it like this. Okay, You got your pain, right? Take this out. Open it. But if you release that, now God says, turn it around. Let me give you Let me replace that pain. Let me replace those issues. Let me replace that hurt. Let me replace that. Let me give you something else. Isaiah said, and behold, I will do a new thing now. You can put it down. You can keep that. Or. You can release that. And when you release it, you keep the lesson. You keep the game. But you discard the pain. So check this out. I said this to you in part one. And and I'll probably be repeating this to you as much as I can, as much as I can for the next few days. Uh, hear me, you're wanting God to say something fresh. And God is saying, you need a reminder, not a new revelation. You keep thinking, if I get 12 steps of this, and five steps of this, and then the steps are good, and I get this, and that's great, that's wonderful, that's fantastic, all the steps you need. But it ain't gonna make no difference if the same mad person gets on them steps. What makes steps work is when a changed person steps onto them. Yeah. Mm. So here it is, say I have, a I have a testimony. So where I was trying to get us to is the testimonies, some that have been sent over um, uh, the time that we've we 've done ministry at harvest, and I read you a few on sunday and uh, I, I read them to you, not just so you could hear other people's journeys, because sometimes you think you're the only one dealing with something, don't you? Sometimes you think you're the only one who feels like they made a bad decision. And you drive it around, and then people will say, people will say to you, I understand, no you don't. <laughs> Can we be honest No you don't, you don't understand. You don't know. I feel like I'm the only one. Nobody understands me. So now you're isolated. Got it? And now you just gave the adversary some ammunition. Oh, you feel by yourself. Oh, great. Father, she said she feels all alone by virtue of the principle. You have to give her what she asked for. Because in case you didn't know it, every statement is a, is, is a request. Everything that exits your mouth is a request. That's why Jesus said that you have to give an account for every idle word. So like you ever said to your friend, you're so crazy. And then, then they turn out to be crazy. <laughs> Come on, y'all, y'all going to do it like that? You might be sitting next to the crazy friend. That's all right. Just pray for him, Release the pain. <laughs> So I want to, Can I read you just a couple? I know we're 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 just about out of time, but I, once I deduct your time, I'm right on time. Because I want you to hear that if God did something for something else for somebody else, that He can do the same thing for you. And I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to be lifted. One of the greatest things for me as a pastor, and then a pastor, two pastors. One of the greatest things for me is when I'm talking to other men of God, and then they start talking about stuff that they've dealt with, and stuff that they're dealing with. And I'll tell them, I said, man, I feel so good. I said, Bishop, why would you say that? I'm telling you all these, whole, these things that aren't necessarily positive things. I said, I feel good because I'm not by myself. <laughs> now, you can look at me all self-righteous if you want to. Ain't nobody studying you. I just really, ain't nobody studying you. Not that I'm happy about them not ex- having good experiences. I'm just happy that I ain't the only one out there. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to read this to you. This one came in. It says, I don't think you know me. I'm just reading them as they are, okay? I'm, okay? I don't think you know me, but I know you. I've attended your message for the last month, month and a half. You've changed my life. I was the biggest sinner on the face of this earth. I was homeless, out of jail, sad, hopeless, desperate, a drug addict, alcoholic, deadbeat dad. As I walked in one Saturday night, not knowing if I wanted to live or die, my ex-wife picked me up the next Sunday morning and brought me to your urgent care facility. You changed my life. Listen, I, I had left her eight months pregnant with our son. I cheated on her. I left her. I broke her many years ago. But she knew I needed you through Christ. My life will never be the same. I, I try to. Because I'm short on time, because I'm short on time, I try to give you a principle from it so that you can understand it. Notice that that had that ex-wife not did this, see what it said? I ain't taking. Come on, ladies, don't y'all don't don't you leave me up there? I ain't taking. They would have had to censor the whole conversation. Beep, just beep. Can I, I get you another one? Can I get you another one? Can I get another one? Uh, um, here, here's another one. Uh, <clears throat> this one's cool. I like this one. Bishop, I'm excited to report I've lost 28 pounds in 12 weeks. That's a good report. Thank you, Bishop, for your love and your correction. I want to thank you and every individual from Harvest that's helped me through this last year of my life. I faced some serious challenges, but I am so blessed to be among such loving people who pray for me and encourage me to keep moving forward. God is so great, and what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned it around for my good. I certainly have a long way to go, but I'm so thankful that this is the first time, watch this, I have not given up. See, some of you might be tired, but you just need to be thankful that you're still alive. See, you may feel half dead, but you better read the other side of that. You're still half alive. Love you, Bishop. Love Horace. Love you. L- listen to this one. Listen to this one. I like this one. Y'all all right? Amen. So long, Bishop. I'd like to thank you for being a strong leader and teacher. I may not uh, I may not be where I want to be, but because of God and amazing shepherd in church, I'm not where I used to be. When I moved to Denver, I wondered why I came. Me too. right, uh, second, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Love Denver. Thank God for Denver. Amen. Amen. No, I really do. I really, I really do. It's not snowing, so I'm cool, y'all. I'm I'm happy than a pig in mud. I'm just happy. (laughs) What's this? So many people in my life and my children's uh, lives, I felt lost and alone, and I did a lot of things out of order. I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting anywhere in life. Then a friend asked me to come to church with her. I was hesitant because being a minister's daughter and visiting so many churches in my time um, that were shady and not for me, I declined so many times. God continued to work on me and through, uh, through her, I, and I came. All of a sudden, I knew why I was in Denver. I started doing things in order, being more obedient and following God's words through Bishop's teaching. I had been living with family for quite some time now. It had been a struggle, not just for me, but for my kids. I knew it wouldn't be forever, but sometimes I became discouraged. That is when I would listen to Harvest CDs and praise him. Along comes the outpouring series. I knew if I wanted my life to change and to be different, I'd have to do something different. I knew that if I wanted change, I would have to do the unusual. Yeah. I put my name on a couple of waiting lists years ago. I knew I wanted to be in one particular place. It just seemed to be the best for my family. I had an outstanding gas and electric bill, that uh, or I had an outstanding gas and electric bill that caused me to get put off the list. I didn't get discouraged. I knew God had a plan for me. It was important that I kept moving forward for my children. I was able to be unusual and pay the bill off in full. The apartments were so impressed with my drive that they put me on top of the waiting list. I began doing things that were unusual, praying unusually, worshiping unusually, outpouring my love and trials uh, to God. Less than a month of me paying off the bill and being put back on the list, an apartment became available. It was just a two-bedroom, and I knew I needed bigger, so I fasted and prayed for God to show me if this was the route I needed to take. Yes, it was. I accepted it. I was so excited. I knew my life was finally going in the direction it needed to go. It would be crowded, but it would be for my kids and I and uh, I realized not to make permanent decisions from temporary places. I knew it wasn't permanent. I knew what to do. Uh, I knew what I had to do to move forward and we would work it out. For I know uh, God makes things work together for me. I began getting boxes, packing little things and organizing in preparation. I praised the Lord for his favor and grace for his consistent direction and correction. A week later, manager of the apartment called to give me bad and good news. The bad news was that the two bedroom is no longer available. The good news is that the three-bedroom was. God opened doors that my natural couldn't. He added his super to my natural, and opportunities arose that I thought not possible. I am awaiting awa- uh, the application to be approved. The fact may be that the company hasn't approved it yet, but the truth is that I've already been accepted. Glory to God! He deserves the glory and the praise. Thank you, Bishop, for your wonderful advice and teachings. Thank you for your prayers and encouragement. I'm so grateful for that friend who invited me to Harvest almost three years ago. And so thankful to God for continually working for me and my family. Y'all got a little bit more time? Listen to this one. It says, uh, uh, Harvest is so amazing. Ever since I started coming in October, I wanted to live there. I told my husband they should just have a bed for me there. It's changed my life completely. Listen to this. I had never wanted to become a member of a church or even serve in one before. KLU was awesome, and I want to take it already again. You can. It's coming up. Check your communicate. <laughs> I thank God every day for Harvest and Bishop Foreman. Uh, thanks to the amazing teachings, I have tools to refer to when I'm going through certain situations. I used to be afraid to talk about God with people, now I talk about Him wherever I can. Amen. God is so good, uh, and Bishop, with the great teachings I've had, five of my fellow classmates ask me questions I can't answer. I've given them all invites and even. Uh, leave some in the school break room because I want everyone to find out how God, amazing God is, to hear Bishop's teaching so they have to learn the things. I'm s- excited to see my fellow students come and give their life to God. Thank you, Jesus and Harvest, for showing me how to get the promise God has for me and also showing my children and husband how to get the promise God has for them. Y'all got some more time? Listen to this one. I like this one. Hey. Hey. <laughs> They didn't know no better. They didn't know to give honor to God and the bishop. Everyone. <laughs> I just wanted to email you and say thanks so much for everything. I've been going to the church for a couple weeks now, and I've never had so much, uh, never in my life had so much peace. I've been in the gang lifestyle for about 10 years. I recently lost my fiance. You may have heard about it on the news. It happened in Aurora. Anyway, my life is changing each and every day as I want with God to learn to give him everything. Like I said, I've never had so much peace in my whole entire life. I was really not wanting to go to church because I thought you all would just judge me because I wasn't religious. But now I realize that this is just what the enemy wanted me to think. I just thank God uh, uh, for this particular individual. has been a blessing uh, just being there for me. Now that I think about the things that I have, uh, that I could have been killed so many times, but for some reason God didn't allow. It, I know He has bigger plans for me. So again, I just want to say thanks. It's like every time I go to church, God speaks to me through you. Amen. I got the ghost, not to guess. Um, and then I like this part. It says, "If you could just keep me in prayer, that I'm able to get away from my old homies and just start my life over. <laughs> get away from them old homies." Because homie don't play that. (laughs) Now you'd be shouting if that was your daughter or your son. That was gangin' and bangin'. Got time for another one? Sorry it's taking me so long to write you. I started to write you after you asked me to. Then I found it to be too embarrassing, but I found the courage again. I told you that I had been healed from something that cannot be cured. When I was younger, I told that I had, and I won't say the name of the ailment, and um, I would have issues on a regular basis. At the end of last year, or the beginning of this year, we had dunamis prayer, and you were giving out prayer cloths. I had received one of the cloths, not for myself. I was actually going to give it to my aunt. I drove to my aunt's house after the experience and laid the cross across my lap and prayed all the way to her house for God to heal me. I did not think twice about it until I just just recently realized um, that I have not had any issues since. And from that night forward, I was healed. Hallelujah. That was your healing. Can I give you one more? And one in preaching means like seven. Because I just want you to be encouraged. Say, I need this. I need this. See, because sometimes you be forgetting. I know that's not good English. Sometimes you choose to forget. Watch this. Dear Bishop, first and foremost, I want to thank you for the impact you have made in the name of Jesus in my life. The words that come from you are truly God-breathed. Thank you for your covering and showing me what a spiritual father really means in my life. When I was 16 years old, I became pregnant with my first child 30 years ago. I was unable to finish school and dropped out my sophomore year. As life progressed, I fell away from my faith, but I always went to God for all of my troubles. I dabbled in uh, many different churches throughout the last 30 years, but never stuck with it. or found a place that I was being fed the word of God like I have been at Harvest. Through many trials and failures, I became desperate because of a situation that my youngest child was in. The Lord brought me to Harvest, praise God. At the time, I had been in my current employment for nine years, being passed up numerous times for management positions. Now, remember the individual said they didn't finish school. I know that God was preparing me for what was to come as an assistant slash everything employee <laughs> from managing people to admin to bookkeeping to anything they would throw my way including, including training new managers. Touch your neighbor. Say do whatever you're doing, do whatever you're doing well. 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 Tell them. Say it's an interview. It's an interview. Yes, I began praying to God. Lord if this is what you want from me uh, do your will. If not, please give me the grace to know I need a change. I held steadfast and prayed for knowledge. God gave me a peace n- and not to be afraid. One day I was getting ready for work and received a call from someone I worked with in the past. She started a conversation with, I'm starting a management company and I want you to be a part of it. Yeah. Didn't complete school. Y'all don't speak to kids. How do you say didn't complete school in, in, in Spanish? No finito es- escuela. Okay, Did I get it? No finito escuela. (laughs) Did y'all understand that? Because y'all is... Listen, I'm starting up a management company. Didn't finish school. Listen. I am now working in the corporate world with no high school diploma. I received a $10,000 raise in income and I'm doing something I never thought that I could. Didn't finish school. Okay, I'm going to give you one more. Uh, Bishop, you've changed my life in so many ways um, that it would take a series of books to tell you everything. Hey man, we will write them. Because I want to read it. My early life started off rough. Listen, I was addicted to drugs, homeless, and in trouble before I turned 18. God turned my life around, but I turned my back on him. I thought I could do everything on my own. I got clean, got married, bought a house, had new cars, good jobs, but it was all empty. Right before I came to Harvest, I had a quarter-life crisis. Not a midlife but (laughs) I got divorced, laid off, traded in the new car for an old one, sold the house, and had to move in with a friend. I started partying again and found myself down a familiar road. I remember driving one day and realized that I did nothing for this world. If I were to leave tomorrow, I would have changed nothing. Within a week, I was planning to move and to change. During the worst economy of our time, I had two job offers in a week, and I was on my way to Denver. I was not looking for church and wasn't a believer, but God had me in, har- in harvest within a month of moving. In my first experience, I saw something uh, that harvesters had that I'd never seen before. Shalom. You know I'm saying. That's the Hebrew word for peace. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. All is well. And somebody else said, Bishop, but I don't feel like that because everything ain't well. Put the verse up, 1211. Put the verse up. 12, 11, the verse up p- Revelation 12:11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And what I choose to remember. It's well with me. Uh huh. Because even when it ain't good, it's still all good. Why? Because this is past tense. I'm just walking out something in the natural that's already been accomplished in the spiritual. I'm not running on to see what the end is going to be. I'm running on because I know what the end is going to be. All right, all right. Let me get you. Okay, here it is. It says, uh, uh, uh. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted it. Fast forward to today. I know the assignment God has given me. I know that when I leave this world, I am part of what changed it because I became a harvester. Bishop, you've given me hope, vision, and a desire to help others. I never had that before, Harvest. I didn't even know I was missing it. I'm no longer existing. I'm thriving. Bishop, the truth is Harvest has not changed my life. You have given me life for the first time, and no words can express my gratitude to you. I love you and thank you for following your assignment. Amen. 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 There's more, but I'm out of time. Stand on your feet, everybody. Father, we honor you. We bless you. Father, I pray that tonight, as we just heard some real quick testimonies, I pray that just like those testimonies, focused on the gain, not the pain. Help us to focus on the gain and not the pain. We we, we choose to release that pain Jesus, we choose to release that pain. I said we choose to release that pain. I said we choose to release that pain. And to maintain the gain. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before and after. Before and after. Before and after. Before and after. Help us to remember the same God that got us through that is the same God who's already gotten us through this. We already know the revelation. It's already been uncovered. It's already been unveiled. We overcome. We overcome. We overcome. You are not a victim. You are a victor. You are not a mistake or an accident. You are on purpose. You you are not just bumping through life. You were created to do something great while you're here. You, You don't give yourself enough credit. Why did he go through all of what he went through to die for you? Because there's something great about you. And we don't say that pretentiously. We just know that he wouldn't have done all of that if it wasn't worth it he thinks we're worth it and tonight with your head bowed and eyes closed very quickly i don't want to assume that you know jesus tonight tonight if you're in this place or if you're watching on the internet campus and you do not know jesus tonight's your night to know him you've already heard the gospel it's been preached in tonight's teaching two thousand years ago jesus hung on that cross he hung on that cross and the blood was shed and the blood was pled for you for your sin for your mistakes for your issues and it was pledged so you could have an abundant life i know life may not seem abundant right now but if you'll keep on pressing, if you'll keep on pushing, if you'll just keep getting up tomorrow. I know it may not look like it now, but if you'll just wake up in the morning and say, well, God, this is the day you've made. If you'll keep getting up and pressing. Secondly, if you're here today and maybe you're watching online and you've given your life to Jesus, but you've not been walking with him and serving him faithfully and you need to rededicate yourself to him. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to throw you down. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And if either one of those is you, on a count of three, wherever you're at, throw your hand up. If you're here, if you're at home, if you're at your job, if you're driving in your car, put your hand up. One, two, three. Put your hand up if that's you. I see you. I see you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before and after. Before and after. Isn't that awesome? God can save people at Bible study at Wednesday night life. I want every hand lifted because I don't want anybody by themselves. And if you're watching online, so many watch online on Wednesdays because they can't be here. If you're watching online, just lift your hands. And everybody say this to me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you are incredible. Nobody like you. I've searched, couldn't find anybody like you. I believe the Bible 2,000 years ago. You died for me to have abundant life. If this is my first time praying this, I'm a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. I thank you that I realize I have a testimony. And every day I get up, Satan's thinking, How in the world did I get up another day? Because I'm overcoming him, because I got a testimony. I've got a testimony. Help me to guard my mouth and not put things in the atmosphere that are going to give me a result that I don't want to see. Give me the grace to shut my mouth so that my words can't be used against me. So in the name of Jesus, I declare every messed up, negative, Confession, I've spoken by the blood of Jesus, it covers those. So from this moment forward, I issue new confessions. I issue new words. I am blessed. I am loved. I am accepted. I am somebody. I am an overcomer. I am victorious. Things always work for me things always work for me things always work for me all the people around me are for me the people around me I can trust no Judas is in my camp see some of you are saying bishop what are you doing I'm having you to issue some new stuff in the act I'm having you to issue some new stuff in the My finances overflow. I don't know lack. I don't know drought. I don't know debt. I'm debt free. I got more money than I know what to do with. Wait a minute. I do know what to do with it. I've been blessed to be a blessing. Put your hand down and look at your neighbor. Look at him. Hold on. Before you shout, look at him. Look at him. Say, neighbor, I need you to know something. I see you today not tomorrow right now and you look way better than when you came in here change your confession change what's coming out of your mouth tell them say you look blessed say you look rich you look like you're accepted you look like you're loved you don't look like you're in pain Bishop, I feel. Ain't nobody ask you what you feel. You answering questions that we did not ask. Say, I feel good. And I knew that I would. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.